Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Cartoon, this is the DBAC Discussion Podcast, your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews, with your hosts, TJ Bowser, Jordan White, Logan LeVegg, and Grandmaster Mo. everyone and welcome back to the do back discussion podcast this is your host tj bowser joke the rogue and the grandmaster signing on welcome to episode nine of the do back discussion today we are going to talk about a lot of last jedi behind the scenes stuff some sail barge action that we are actually going to get this sail barge it looks like to us some rogue rant and some discussion topics for the first one let's start off with talking a little bit about fuck me a little bit about john boyega's Comment on episode nine going to be a quote all out war. Muhammad, take it away. Well, um, thank you, TJ. It, it looked like um, at the interview or the conference call with John Boyega at the uh, the Awesome Con, they asked him a couple of different questions. But what really stuck out is that he said there's going to be some intense training that him and the cast are going to have to go undergo. That he thinks it has to do with. Um, the next the next movie being all quote all out war uh they're set to start filming in july i believe and the movie's going to come out in december of next year 2019 yeah i feel like a lot of people are saying oh it shouldn't be all out war like what is there to be like we don't know the allies in the outer rim and like and there's barely any people in the resistance well on my kind of like thinking on what's going to happen is it is going to be all out war? It's kind of be. It's going to be just like Rogue One. It's going to be about war. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be bad. I hope it and is. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure like Finn and Ray and Poe are probably going to be in an all out battle with Kylo Ren, most likely with allies from the Outer Rim, which could be Wedge, which could be Lando. Who knows? But it's just going to be all out war. There's going to be ships from different places that we haven't seen. There's going to be old ships that we've seen, and it's going to be them versus the First Order. I mean, let's remember, you don't need a whole army to have all-out war if Rogue One has showed us anything. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's very, the little teams can do a lot, a lot of damage depending on the strategy. I mean... <coughs> oh, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Uh, what are your predictions for Episode Nine? I think we've talked about this before, but it, it never hurts to, you know, have a little bit of a recap here. Well, for sure, we're going to see someone show up as a Force Ghost, for sure, I think. Who it could be is kind of up in the air. I know last time we talked about, last week we talked about the possibility of it being Luke, maybe him even returning uh, as a Force Ghost to uh, Kylo instead of Rey. Um, again, all of this is just theory and up in the air. And as we know from the past theories, very seldom do they translate to reality on screen. Yeah, um, I believe like with the Force Ghost whole situation, I feel like it's going to be every single Jedi that could have possibly been a Force Ghost, which is Qui-Gon, Yoda, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Luke Skywalker. I feel like they're going to talk to Rey and kind of discuss like what she needs to do to be able to defeat um, Kylo Ren. And I believe that Anakin Skywalker, his Force Ghost, would be like, my old apprentice lives out in the Outer Rim or somewhere. 
and you need to go find her because we do know Ahsoka lives after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <clears throat> and depending on how the new uh, Star Wars show Resistance goes, she could still be alive and she could get training from uh, and like Ray could get training from Ahsoka. And also, if Ezra still lives, then Ezra can also teaches uh, can also teach Ray. And this would make a perfect little combo and they can fight against Kylo Ren. And I think it would be awesome. I can also see like the Force Ghost of Anakin Skywalker and Qui Gon kind of talking to Kylo Ren, being like, "This is not the way that like, you shouldn't be doing this." Like, like look at me for example. I was a great Jedi, and I turned into the dark side, and then my whole life was taken away from me. Don't do this. And that's, I could just see what that. I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, and I could just see this happening, and then like Luke just pops up, and Yoda, and like, er- and everybody else is kind of like goes to Kylo Ren, and they just like pushes everyone off and goes on his own way, <laughs> like. We all know some kids don't listen to their parents, and clearly this could be a nice example of that. And then I also feel like uh, Resistance is going to get some old ships in from the Rebellion. Like, we could probably see Home 1, which I was hoping to see in Episode 8, but no, fucking Ryan Johnson's a little bitch. And, again, we could have gotten, like, like, we could get more different ships and, like, old CR-90s, old CR-75s, everything. We can even get a Hammerhead Corvette for But we got the sweet bombers. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could get Y-Wing. We could get Y-Wing bombers and uh, but everything. But we still got those bombers. And we can also get, uh, like, uh, old... Like, we could probably even get old Clone Wars ships. Like, those old, like, ARC-170s, man. Like, V-Wings, Torrent Fighters, everything. I think you're You think they'll still be functional? <clears throat> um, yeah, the Janata Security uses them. And they were in Battlefront 2, and they took place, like, right before the battle over Starkiller Base. Right. Hmm. Yep. There's a lot. I, I mean, I, I think I've talked about the whole Rey training another generation of Jedi from the books that she got. Yeah, definitely. But I feel like she would use those to learn more about the Force for herself. So then when she does defeat Kylo Ren, she can go on to make a new Jedi, Jedi Order. Order. See, the only problem with Jedi Order is I believe they're flawed. They're heavily flawed. Definitely oh, flawed. Sure. I feel like... I could talk about that all, just all day, about the flaws in their politics and their organization. And then I feel like that's also why Force Ghosts could come in. They could teach her a different way to teach the Jedi and like how to, and how there can be love and how they can have connections and how that can strengthen them I more. feel actually that part of the Jedi might be actually legit because I don't feel like they need to be preoccupied with uh, with women <laughs> or dudes <laughs> in your case. Uh, oh, fuck off, bro. <laughs> no, that, ain't, that ain't true. But... Uh, I think they should be focusing on their training and not worrying about uh, love life. I mean, if they're there, they're guardians of the of the galaxy. No pun intended. Uh, well, remember, Padme kind of gave Anakin like his reason to fight. Same with his mother. Like he used. But those that wasn't reasons the right fight. reasons to fight, though. The reasons should be noble, not because oh, you killed my mother, and I'm gonna cry about it. <laughs> on, on this note, actually, um, I have watched all the deleted scenes with the new release of, um, on you know, DVD and everything of The Last Jedi. I saw it on Amazon Prime, um, all the deleted scenes. And one of them, I think, really, they, I don't know why they took it out. It, um, I'll briefly explain this relevance to the discussion. Basically, um, 
Luke tells Ray that um, this one group is come, this group in the distance is coming to slaughter the caretakers. And then she said, we have to go help uh, save the caretakers. Then he said, if we were Jedi, the Jedi Order would choose not to. Because if we go and we stop them, they'll come back with even more of a vengeance. And then they'll wreak even more havoc in that the Jedi only intervene when they can assure balance. Kind of, And then he tries to point out that afterwards she goes and she tries to save them. And she finds out that he was tricking her. And then she gets mad at him. And then he explains his reasoning in that. He says, see, if you were a Jedi, you wouldn't have intervened. But since you um, kind of have this un unending loyalty to what's right and what's wrong, you did go and try to intervene. And isn't that what will take down the First Order and not this kind of pacifist, passive um, ideology of the Jedi? And I think that's that's really relevant to what we were just saying. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. To be honest, I think... The best part about including Luke in um, The Last Jedi is that he does point out the hubris and the, the faults within the Jedi Order, rather, which is important for the fans, rather than this nostalgic longing for um, really what was a faulty structure. Yeah, I completely agree with you yeah. on that. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, with some of this other stuff here, uh, with the Jabba Sail Barge, uh, we got some new images and new videos about it. Uh, Logan, what did you think about the whole uh, the whole new? I thought it was stuff. I thought it was really great. I love the detail that they put in it. That they put in it, like the video of them like sculpting it and like painting it. They, it shows how much detail they put into it. It also looks like, from what we were talking about a few weeks ago, that they are actually having a Java action figure with it. It looks like. And also shows more of the sail barge than we've known. Because when we look at the sail barge in the movie, all we see is, like, just all these characters in, like, one little spot and Jabba. And just, like, it's all dark, so you can't really see anything. Well, with this, we can see, like, where the pilots sat. We see, like, where all the guns are. We see just, like, everything about it, which I thought is really cool. And I feel like it puts in a lot more detail into it. Yeah, Aslab has really outdone itself. And I looked at the video. I did look at the video that... Logan just talked about where they it's kind of like a time-lapse video of all the little details all the artists sculptors carpenters go into um, and it really is something to to look at something to behold just to see like the coloring and the minute little details of the structure itself and the fact that it's all to scale is really something to behold yeah uh, could you guys uh, take a moment and uh, look at the the group chat that we have going on? <laughs> fuck off Oh boy. Is this something about Logan? Yeah, it is. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. That looks like yeah. we found his new picture for the website. Yeah, but um, off, bro. As you guys know, the sail barge kind of um it's in limited production. They needed their they're kind of crowdfunding to get the production of everything um you know they're they're selling five thousand pieces to bidders of five hundred dollars a piece and logan you're better at math i don't know how much money that is that's a lot of money yeah i bet but <laughs> i think it's like they two have, million they, they wanted to hit the 500 mark and they have reached 260 at least i believe at the time of writing of the article oh, that's so we're bad. more than halfway there so it looks like um they're on track to actually start producing these things Wait, no, they want to get 5,000, don't they? Oh, right. So they got 2,600, right? Yeah. My, my fault. 
So if it's 500 times 5,000, how much money is that? $2.5 million? <laughs> is that what it is? No. Yeah, let me count. 5,000, 10,000, 15,000. $2.5 million. <laughs> oh, my God. They're going to make $2.5 million of a fucking sail barge. <laughs> Logan, I thought you were the math whiz here. Hey, I failed my Math 111 final dog. Like <laughs> That's college level, and you're 16. Relax. <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> I like to see this in color now, and I wonder if these are black series figures that they're showing off here because look at the amount of details, and this has to be part of the uh, you know, the new – is that Yak Face? Yeah, they had Yak they had yak face in there i was like yoink i was excited because of that that's awesome because imagine because imagine like what if they have every single character that was actually in the sail barge like in the uh scene well they don't have that i think many. they might they don't have leia though i wonder if they're gonna include these figures yeah we need like, they, like a few they offer a black guards. series they offer a black series uh, Le uh slave leia so i don't think they're gonna need that yeah oh this is for 3.75 yeah. inch figures this isn't yeah, it is um an exclusive Yak Face figure, so I think it does come with the sale bar. Damn, as a did whole. you know that Yak Face is one of the top three rarest uh, Kenner toys of all time? Really, I was unaware. It, it is, it is, and if you can find an extra minty one, then it, you could be worth a lot of money, especially if it's graded. It could triple its value. Damn! Wow, we're talking serious moolah. Yeah, I think um, Haslab really outdid itself with this. I wasn't expecting it to look this detailed or, th or this nice, really. Yeah, I mean, it really... It, they really hit the nail right on the head on this one. Uh, so there was a little thing going on about Frank Oz's... Frank uh, talks about his return as to playing Yoda and, uh, and his uh, role in The Last Jedi <coughs> and what the future is of the character. Frank says, several years ago, I had lunch with Ryan Johnson, and Ryan asked if I could do Yoda in the next Star Wars, and I said, sure, because I thought it was just CGI, and then Lucasfilm president, Kathy Kennedy, who I've known for quite a while, who's fantastic, she called me, and it, what the hell does that say? She called me about it. Oh, she called me about it. And then I realized it wasn't CGI, that it was actually the character. I said, Kathy, do you have any idea what's going to happen there? This is tough. And she said, that's okay. Let's do it. So, you know, the workshop made him and everything and did a fantastic job. I mean, I'm so happy they went the practical effect route. I mean, Yoda looked good in episode three. Yoda is probably the best looking Yoda in episode three. And I'm happy that they went back through and they changed what he looked like in episodes one and two to match the character in episode three. Because if you guys remember the unaltered version of episode one, the original puppet they used for episode one looked like a piece of shit with hair yeah. on it and a little cloak. <laughs> and a little cloak. They did end up locating that original puppet that they used um, from 37 years ago, I believe, as they went digging trying to find the, yeah, they found the, the original. Archive, the Lucasfilm um, archive type thing? Yeah, they, went, yeah. they found the original mold that was used and. It does look kind of worn down through the ages. A little but, bit. Uh, Just a little bit. A little beat up. <laughs> surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. I was told yeah. that I was going to be the surprise of the movie. So when I went to Pinewood, I had to be a secret there. Although I, if people saw me, people did see me. But if they questioned me about it, it'd be fine. I said I shot Little Shop of Horrors there and could have just had, had some meetings for movies. Like, 
That's like true. for real, one of the things that you, if you're working on Star Wars, you have to be good at lying because <laughs> throughout the series, there is <clears throat> like um, one of our, like our fact of the day, the fact that they um, originally produced the, not produced the um, Phantom Menace, but they um, to prevent piracy, they named it something else. Ah, oh yeah, that's right. What- like you yeah, have to keep house. things under wraps. You have to be really good at keeping things under wraps if you're going to be working on Star Wars. Yeah, they but, named uh, it the Dollhouse. Yeah, they right, did that right. with all That's the Star Wars movies, though. You know, really, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think one was Blue Harvest. Huh. I think that was <laughs> a New Hope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, I, I'm sure we can look that up. For my ally is the Force, and a powerful ally it is. Oh, That's about God. What I got. Secret names for the Star Wars movies. Ding! Didn't, didn't they name that for Family Guy? Like they used the uh, the names that were undercover for the Star Wars movies as the names of the episodes. Interesting. I didn't know that. Because like I'm pretty sure Family Guy for the New Hope they did Blue Harvest. And like for Empire Strikes Back, I think they did, I think they did something something Dark Side. <laughs> But I don't know if that was a fake name or not. Actually, um... Oh, no, it was uh, Return of the Jedi was was referred to as Blue Harvest. Sorry. Oz had some things to say um, about whether or not there's going to be a Yoda film. You know what? I keep hearing that, and I know nothing about it. If it happens, it won't be a puppet. Believe me, that's way too difficult for me. I rehearse a long time just to do one line of dialogue as a puppeteer. It would have to be CGI, yeah. It would have to be. It's far, far too difficult because I'm doing it with three other people. So it's four people and you can't just wing it. You've got to study every single word with four people. So it looks like it. if they do do it and there's no word of them considering it so far, at least, um, it's going to be CGI, not puppetry. Uh, it would be interesting to see a, an entire movie. It would break new ground. Yeah, for sure. And I'd like to see what it like. Uh, like, a, like a, what the hell was that? I would really like to see some sort of uh, Yoda movie where it shows. What? What the fuck was that? That was my brother. Okay, he needs to stop that. But anyway, I like yeah. to see like an origin story for Yoda. You know, where he like crash lands on that planet. And then he goes and meets his, that snake master thing that teaches him the ways of the force, and then him traveling back to Coruscant, and then rising to the to the grand master position, grandmaster Mo. But anyway, uh, I mean that just that would just be the coolest movie ever to me. But then again, like there would yeah. have to be some sort of bad guy in that, and I don't see that. Uh, this fucking swamp monster, monster of Dagobah. <laughs> the swamp monster of Dagobah. I mean, that's like, imagine you have to jump back 900 years before the happenings of Return of the Jedi and like, it was a long time. Republic timeline. Right. It it would basically have to almost be, I mean, an entirely new trilogy if you're going to like introduce an entirely new cast with an entirely new timeline. So Star Wars Forces of Destiny Season 2 is now out. Um, For those of you that may not be too familiar, it's a children's animated series, and now it's out with its second season. Um, So there's 
the first eight episodes are out, which you can find on the Disney YouTube channel, along with the rest of the episodes of season one. And what's awesome about this is that they brought Mark Hamill to voice Luke Skywalker, Excellent. something else for him to add to his repertoire. And some of the other episodes include um, uh, stuff on Rose and BB-8, Padme and Anakin, Jyn Erso even, Rey, um, kind of some bounty hunter stuff going on. Yoda climbing on Luke's back, Porg problems. So, that, yeah, a lot of great stuff, a lot of voice talent. I don't know if you want to talk about that, TJ or Logan. Uh, my daughter's a really big fan of The Force of Destiny. You know, I've watched uh, a couple of episodes and stuff here and there. And, I mean, it's really, it's really good for kids. It's really aimed at the female audience. And it shows – and I think it's really to empower the younger uh, Star Wars fans and make them feel as if – the. I don't know that that like it uh, not makes them feel, but makes them. Sh it kind of shows them like the more of the feminine roles in Star Wars and how important they are, and gives you a little bit more of their story because I don't. I feel like they get pushed in, uh, behind in the prequel and the original trilogies a little bit minus Leia. I mean, she's more of the forefront type of thing there, but uh, the action figure quality is amazing, and the girl that actually created Force of the Destiny is the girl that voiced Ahsoka Tano. If you guys didn't really, know yes, I didn't know that Ashley Eckstein. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly. Uh, I think she's also, uh, I also think she's uh, dating one of the uh, Arizona Cardinals or something, but uh, let's talk about something a little bit else. Uh, let's talk about the last Jedi wins five empire empire awards. Ram Bergman confirms work already begun on star Wars trilogy. I'm going to guess the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Mohammed. Yeah, that's what, that's what, um, there was some some doubt, and after you know, Last Jedi got some mixed reviews. Unfortunately, um, there was some doubts uh, whether or not they're going to go through with it. But Ron Bergman does confirm that the Ryan Johnson trilogy is underworks and will continue uh, and will be out soon. Excellent. Yeah, my yeah, my question is like, what is going to be the next trilogy? That's kind of what my question is because, like. I don't really know what it could be about. Like we all know, nothing's probably going to take place after Episode Nine because Daisy Daisy Ridley does not want to play Ray again after Episode Nine. So, what could the new trilogy be about? Could it be about the New Republic? Could it be based in between? Just like <laughs> oh no, it's totally separate from the Skywalker saga. It's going to have nothing to do with it. It's going to be different part of the galaxy, different same universe, different part of the galaxy, totally different characters and timeline nice all right cool and there's literally there's no way of us predicting when it's gonna be it's, yeah it's exactly. it's, it's, it's only about the huts like oh my god don't start more <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm happy that they're winning a little bit of a awards here they deserve it i mean the, the film was uh was pretty rock solid in my opinion minus the couple of uh things here and there with the hyperspace Rose. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, the best thing of these movies were the Porgs, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's great about the Empire Awards is that unlike, you know, the more major Academy type awards, this is by popular vote. Um, so the fact that they won uh, Best Director, uh, what else? What was it? Best Film, Best Director, and Best Actress. The fact that, you know, they got the um, five out of the, the nine nominations based on popular vote is something that really boosted their morale, according to Ron Bergman. Yeah. Uh, so with episode nine approaching, do you think it's going to get the amount of critical response that 
the or backlash that episode eight got, seeing that it's a different director and that uh, episode seven was so uh, welcomely received. I feel like I feel like episode seven was not uh, that critic. Like it wasn't that like hit. Like it wasn't that punched on because it was more similar to the original trilogy, but it was still shot on because of that. But it wasn't like unexpected like episode eight was. I feel like episode nine is going to kind of be a great film because J.J. Abrams will be like, okay, I can't really copy from the original trilogy. And also, I can't make it that like surprising and I can't really ruin that many theories. So he's probably just going to be listening to fans a lot more and see what they want. So I feel like it's going to be a great film. Oh, I absolutely agree. I, I'm very pleased that J.J.'s returning for the the third and final film of this uh, saga going on here. So I, I think it's time for the rogue rant here. Uh, here we go, guys. Let's get to that. It's now time for the Rogue Rant. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Joke the Rogue here with the Rogue Rant, and today I'll be talking about my Snoke theory. So, confirmed by Andy Serkis, the actor who played Snoke, Snoke is hundreds of years old. This makes me believe that Snoke had been a great Jedi during the Old Republic, and here's why. So, we know that Snoke is not a Sith because his eyes are not yellow, and he does not, and no one calls him Darth Snoke, and we also know that there are no Sith in the sequel trilogy. We also know that he's not a Jedi because he uses the dark side, but he could have been a Jedi during the Old Republic and had learned how the dark side was more powerful and so he was able to use it without fully being a Sith. This would explain how he is so powerful that Sidious could sense him across the galaxy and saw him as a threat. Also, Sidious and Luke tried to get knowledge from him. I also theorize that Snoke uh, went into the Unknown Regions to hide after the Jedi were learning of his intents and either tried to capture him or banned him from the Order. And maybe Yoda uh, was Snoke's former master. And also, maybe was thinking that Snoke, his former Padawan, was the Sith Lord they were looking for during the Clone Wars. After Snoke had brought the remnants of the Empire up and turned them into the First Order, he wanted to take control of the whole galaxy. So he's free to roam at last. Welcome back to the Do Back Discussion. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the Rogue Rant brought to you by our very own Logan. So on to our next topic of discussion. We have The Last Jedi, Finn versus Phasma. There's a new four-minute featurette presented by Vizio available online. So Vizio has exclusively released a new featurette ahead of the 20, March 27 release of the Blu-ray version of Star Wars The Last Jedi. And this behind-the-scenes breakdown essentially focuses on the battle between Finn and Captain Phasma from The Last Jedi. And it has a little bit of interview commentary and some behind-the-scene uh, behind footage and, and whatnot of the anticipated showdown. Very, um, very entertaining, very interesting and uh, intriguing. Some really cool stuff. I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at it, but... Uh, some of the interview commentary includes the senior vice president of story development in a Lucasfilm, Ryan Johnson himself, John Boyega, and Gwendolyn Christie. For those who don't know, she's the actress for Captain Phasma. Some pretty cool stuff, right, guys? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was very awesome. I, I actually love the fighting and everything. I like how they uh, pretty much green screen the entire scene. And then, they, yeah. and then they went back and did everything in post-production and how they were able to put these uh, really massive objects in the background like the uh, the Adat character 
uh, character carrier and some uh, a half finished star destroyer stuff like that. You know, stuff that we wanted to see, especially in a Snoke ship thing, where it's more of a Wait. huh. There was a half finished star destroyer. They, they yeah, got, something still in construction. Yeah, in the background. Oh shit. Yeah, it, it it's was, just stuff that they put in there for just a little extra detail that I that they felt that we needed to see. And I just love the attention to detail that they they, they put into these movies recently. I mean, whether it be digital or uh, practical effects, it's it's they're really exceeding what our expectations are. I mean, Rogue One really did a uh, a good job at it. Whenever they did the uh, the different creatures that they showed there within that movie and i think uh, episode seven did it with the cantina scene at maz Kanata's castle and then the same thing with uh, uh episode eight and the canto bite scene i mean they're absolutely exceptional works of practical and digital effects meshed into one and it creates a great scene and it really makes you feel like you're in star wars and makes you feel that you're in that classic setting you know what i mean so whenever we get sequences like this and behind the scene featurettes, we really get to see a little bit of this, a little bit of that, uh, and all that of that work that goes in behind these scenes here. So whenever we uh, are able to watch these things, Logan, quit fucking making noise. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm not doing anything. My mic is probably just fucking going Stop around. Stop moving your time. head, you fuck. I'm not moving my head. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to record a fucking podcast. But anyway. I'm leaving it alone. It's just I don't know what's up with it. I can't have the other piece in my ear. Like here's my here's my thing for my earphones. Only one works, and the one with the mic does not work. And I do not want to put that in my ear infected ear. <laughs> my ear my infect fuck me. Just shut <laughs> up. Oh, in I'm sure you would like you would like infection. some of our male uh, listeners to fuck you. But anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> let's get back God to the con. You need to get a new mic. This, this is as simple as that. But anyway, let's move on to the next topic here. Yeah. Uh, Mohammed, my man, the myth, Hello. the legend, the teaser trailer for the soundtrack only version of the last Jedi is out. And we talked about this last episode, Logan, you yeah, are not we here for this last episode because you were too busy doing other things that you deemed more important than this network. But anyway, uh, Muhammad, take this away. Use your your sass, z- zazzy, jazzy, jizzy voice to take us into amazing news reporting. Love, just 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 take us there and just just take us there. You know what I mean? I'll yeah. I'll do my best. Okay. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> um, like we talked about last week, um, I'm actually really excited for this. I thought it would be a great way to explore the different ways. Um, that the same story can be told in various genres. Um, so yeah, they revealed uh, a teaser trailer. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't show anything exactly, but um, it is. Uh, it has Ryan Johnson, an interview with him, him kind of introducing the amazing work that John Williams does and the great effort and just the audacity of the project that he puts in this 100-person orchestra. And the way he conducts it so masterfully, and I think it's going to be a great, great thing. And I look very much look forward to, um, to watching it. Now it it it'll be out um, March twenty seventh. The score only featurette, um, and I definitely think um, if you have kind of some skepticism, you're a little skeptical, or you're unsure if it's worth the time investment, at least check out the teaser trailer. It's definitely worth your time to at least see that. Yeah, uh, per. Preferably myself, uh, 
well, preferably fuck me, I'm stupid. Personally, uh, I would not watch a music-only thing because I want to say that The Last Jedi was not shot for that type of movie. I mean, this isn't the silent era film anymore. I mean, it's cool that they incorporate this type of stuff in here, but uh, I'm not going to watch a music-only. I'm not going to sit down for two and a half hours of my life and watch a music-only version of a movie that I've seen eight, nine, twelve times already. Uh, I've only seen it once. Yeah, so it's just because you suck. But anyway... Uh, I ain't got no money. <laughs> I ain't got no money. Anyway, this this version of the film is going to be circulating, and what it, it's going to be whatever it is. Uh, but Logan, would you ever watch that type of shit? No, um, no, not really. Like, I like to see visuals. Like, if you hear music, like you make it in your you own. Mean you mind like to hear dialogue? You no, watch there, there are visuals, my friend. There are visuals. It's what the fuck a, you it's think? It's a music only. It's not well, a, yeah, like just the music. I meant like I want to see like the actual Last Jedi and like what that music pertains to it. Oh, like I actually want to like see like the battle that's happening, like with the supremacy coming out of hyperspace and like muffing shit up. I don't want to just see like John Williams. Like, no, you don't just see John Williams. You see the movie with the music, with no the dialogue. Music. Yeah, but like, no, it's the actual film. It's the actual Last Jedi. Just there's no dialogue. Fuck this. Let's move on. He clearly has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> now, for the listeners, it's going to be available on Movies Anywhere on March 27th. So you can stream it online, sign up on Movies Anywhere, and you can um, link your digital retailer account where you purchase your, di- your digital copy and you can watch it. Absolutely. So the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art officially breaks ground. New CG renders revealed. Oh my! Would you look at these wonderful renders? This thing looks absolutely amazing. Now this is George Lucas's project, correct? Yeah, he's okay. been. Uh, uh, it's been in the works. He's been thinking about this and um, mulling over the details and stuff like that for better part of a decade, I think. Close there, there's definitely years. some uh, some futuristic influence here, especially when it comes to the state, the shape, and the design of the actual museum itself. And I feel like it it, it demands that us as Star Wars fans and some of the other fans of his work, such as the Indiana Jones, the Willow people. I mean, all the all the works. Howard the Duck. I mean, if you want to talk about a really good classy movie here, uh it needs showcased, and I feel like his his the way he shoots movies and the way he he tells stories just really need showcased. And I feel like this is an absolutely necessary museum that I feel like Muhammad I and the boys would definitely go and visit at some point in our lives because this is would be important to us and pretty much every other Star Wars fan that actually ever lives. So when we I see these renders and Muhammad, I'm sure you can agree with me that the uh, the clear uh, elevators that run through the the center of this museum are definitely inspired by the elevators on Coruscant. Oh, for sure. The elevators, for sure. And if you look at the white architecture, it almost looks like Cloud City. You know what I mean? Yep. You see that? Yeah, absolutely. With the wooden... yeah. And the doors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It all it all meshes together with the, um, to be an aesthetically pleasing uh, type of architecture. Yep. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. And I, I, hell, I, I'd say the freaking museum itself would be a work of art, not alone, let alone the shit that's going to be inside. Right. Um, it's it's set for completing construction at um, hopefully twenty twenty one, so three years from now, and it's going to be in Southern LA. For those of you who are listening, yeah, we can go over there next time we're at the Comic Con. <laughs> oh, for sure. This is going to be. Hey, great. I can go there. Yeah, man. I mean, what's really cool is that it's going to house the original Darth Vader mask from the 1977 episode four. 
right? Some Norman Damn. Rockwell paintings as well. It's gonna be nice. It's like, it's nice to see like how they still have some of the props from like the old movies. Like in the last year, they they used the old Yoda puppet, and now they have the old Darth Vader mask. Like I like all this like detail that they have, and all the and all the old props that they still keep. I mean, really, it's thanks to George Lucas and the vision and the and the kind of um, the prophetic vision that he had that he knew this was going to be something big. So he needs to hold on to everything. If that makes yeah. sense. So yeah. it's great. It's a great move on him to have been able to hold on to everything, to watch all this grow into what it has become, and now to showcase everything that um, has had taken place for you know in the in the way of narrative art. Yeah, so Ryan Johnson and Mark Hamillwire by uh, at South by South. What is it? Oh, South by Southwest conference. And Mohammed, I'm I'm sure you read up on on this a little bit more. So I'd like you to take the lead. Now, you know what, Logan, you take the lead on this one, buddy. It's been a while. So right, right, Logan. <laughs> well, uh, as they have like their little conversation in here, it's like kind of talking about how Ryan spoke about like what his career was kind of leading up to The Last Jedi, and how this was, like, his biggest project, which I think is, like, Star Wars is anyone's biggest project. Like, is that not wrong? No, you're right, you're right. Yeah, like, it's definitely right. Like, everybody, like, everyone's biggest project is Star Wars, and uh, how, like, isn't it awesome, like, also to work with, like, the old actors in, like, the original Star Wars shows? Like, he's talking about, he's like, he talked about like Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and like how their contribution went to the film and how he actually had Luke talk this time. No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> and uh, he's also saying how Carrie Fisher's passing kind of like prevented her from getting the final cut of the, of the Last Jedi and like uh, <clears throat> excuse me and um uh, how much she like did for the film and how fat like she actually got her filming done really quickly. Uh, which was great for us, but kind of sad on what's going to happen in episode nine, as we don't really know what could happen in between them. Right, right. She does. She does also mention that in her head, kind of, she's still stuck in her twenties because that was when she had filmed the Return of the Jedi. So it's interesting yeah. to look at the mental state that she was in when she was delivering such a great performance. Yeah, definitely. Right. Uh. What did it, what did he say? Oh, this is kind of off topic here, but a little bit. But did you guys recently see the video of uh, it's a behind the scenes video of Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher recording that scene in the uh, in the crate hangar? I did see that. That was very touching, very moving. I'd actually not seen it yet. Yeah, I wanted to bring oh it up during this week's podcast because of how meaningful it is. I mean, to to both actors and just it's almost like he knew that that was going to be their last scene together. Yeah, I mean, just there was an intense emotional energy in the silence between them and between the words they were speaking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what he whispered to her at the end, he whispered something to her at the end that I saw. Oh, we'll, we can discuss it. Yeah, we'll discuss it another time. But uh, they're they're really making their rounds with these interviews, aren't they? Yeah, um, part of promotion, uh, partly, but again, trying to stick with the Star Wars tradition of keeping the fans in the loop and everything, trying to keep them connected and give 
as intimate as possible a relationship between the production of the movie and the fans themselves. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a uh, definitely good that, that we're getting this much information post post release. So we got a couple discussion topics to touch on here today, and the first one that we have is is R two D two and C three PO underutilized in the sequel trilogy. And in my opinion, I feel like they are. We, we're, we're not getting the, the quirky one-liners that we're used to from C-3PO. And R2-D2 is barely seen or even a vital part to this. And I feel like they've really forced BB-8 into the R2 role. And as much as that pains me, I love BB-8. Uh, BB-8 is definitely a good addition to the Star Wars universe. But I really wish they would utilize C-3PO more. Uh, yeah, I feel like they should use R2-D2 and C-3PO a lot more because... They were a big part in like both the prequel and the original trilogy. And to see them not really be together or even do anything during the sequel trilogy kind of pisses me off. Because I'd like to see R2-D2 like fight off First Order troopers and uh, kind of like help the resistance. And C-3PO have his awesome one-liners and him and R2 going on, the, on all these different adventures. Because they're supposed to represent the audience like watching the movie. And <clears throat> they, they're kind of goofy and everything, but like the, the good kind of goofy, not the over-exaggerated, like it's the Jar Jar Binks goofy. the series. But like, what? They're the comic relief of these movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I just feel like they should have them more in. I feel like they pushed BB-8 in a little bit too much, and they should have R2-D2 and BB-8 possibly team up. And did you also and, notice in episode 8 how BB-8 and Ray's relationship kind of like fell off there? Because of the well, they, barely, they barely got any time together, and it's bullshit because they built up such a big relationship between them two in episode seven. No, I think the yeah. I think the, I think JJ Abrams will pick up where he left off on that. Hopefully, yeah, yeah for sure, man. So, uh, I mean, if they were to incorporate R two, like, how would that even play off each other? Like, I don't think at this point, since they've already gone down the path that they have, there's nowhere to fit R2 and C-3PO into this. I mean, 3PO is going to be there still, kind of just lingering around. But I think, Logan, stop. What, are you, what is going on, Logan? I'm not doing anything. Do you not hear the, the, the... It sounds like you're sniffling. I'm not. Stop moving. Just sit still. Damn. I am sitting still. Oh, thank God I do these raw. Anyway, uh, kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm dead. But anyway, yeah, I don't see the way that they've set up the new sequel trilogy. I don't see any place for these guys, and 3PO is still going to get limited screen time, and R2 is going to get even more. Now, should Disney pull more characters from Legends for future content? I mean, they did. Uh, they did with let Thrawn me take and this Root, one, and I will let you take this one. Um. As you guys know, I am a big fan of a certain character known as Darth Plagueis, the Wise. I do think they should incorporate him in his story. If you guys have read the Darth Plagueis novel, it's definitely has so much material. I mean, um, the author Lucino does a great job of rendering a very important and crucial story, uh, backstory to Palpatine's rise to the Chancellorship and then to, to become the Emperor eventually. Um, and I do think, uh, as an example of should they keep pulling um, characters from Legends, I think Darth Plagueis is somewhere great to look at as um, as a Legends character who does contribute much to the Star Wars narrative and is a great character in and of himself. 
and definitely worth um, exploring within the Star Wars universe. I don't know if you guys had any other characters you guys are attached to from the Legends universe. <laughs> well, see, my, my guy is no longer part of the Legends universe, so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, <laughs> granted, he may or may not be with us anymore. Rip Thrawn. Wrong. Uh, no, I feel like they should add like more Sith, like uh as in legends like we know there was darth talon and like i think darth they Cadis, should, uh, which was on solo's son but like they should add kind of more of those characters like bring in the sith like i know see, there's I no more sith no in the sequel sith. trilogy I, but i'd like to see up. we're wrapping up we're, we're wrapping up this uh the saga there's no more room for sith we need to still still see this kylo ren raid dynamic finished we don't need any more room I'm, yeah, but I meant, but I meant in, in like different, in like future like, content. I'm talking about. I meant in yeah, like yeah. different things, like okay. uh, I don't know, like shows or anything like no, that. No, I don't think they should add it. I don't think they should do anything with the Skywalker. Bro, I think they beat the Skywalkers to death. Yeah, definitely. I think if they do any more stuff with them, it's going to be like beating a dead horse. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, the lineage has gotten more than its fair share of screen time and effort and energy. Uh, I like to see the Ujan Vong incorporated into something. Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like that's a big enough threat to Star Wars that uh, not Star Wars, but to like the Rebellion slash Empire slash First Order type thing. That if they were to incorporate something like that into there, it would. Uh, I think it would make for a good story. I mean, we see a lot of that in the old Thrawn trilogy books. So, you want to explain what the Ujan Vong are? Well, both to me and the audience for those who don't oh. know. Ujan Vong is kind of like these, uh, like, imagine, like, uh, hairless Wookiees with leprosy and cannibalism tendencies. Hmm. They have biological the, ships, right? Yeah, yeah they, they're they uh, from the unknown regions, similar to, like, where Thrawn's from, but... Uh, Snoke. <clears throat> shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> New Snoke theory, Snoke created the Ujan, Ujan Vong. And... Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> When it comes to uh, when it comes to stuff like that, I mean, they would never be able to put that sort of stuff in, like, let's say, a Disney movie because of how bloody it is. In uh, retrospect, here, but the stuff like that, and I'm sure there's, there, I haven't read a lot of Legends books, but I have read some Legends books, and like, let's say if they were to do a bounty hunter movie, cool. like with Boba Fett and stuff, uh. There's a there's a book that I highly regard and highly suggest to you guys is uh, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, which includes tales from all of the uh, bounty hunters that you see in Empire Strikes Back. And one that really strikes strikes my memory right now is uh, the IG-88 backstory. And because he's not the only IG-88 that was built during that time. Uh, he's just the one that kind of the, the, the story, one of the story excerpts uh, focuses around. And... I feel that a good, a good live live action interpretation of, of him coming to fruition and him being created would be an excellent, not basis of a movie, but just an excellent scene of a movie. Like, let's say if the Boba Fett movie was him going around collecting, not collecting, but like gathering up a group of bounty hunters, like just in, like to show all how like have a flashback and to show how these different bounty hunters were created or some of their backstory you know what i mean oh yeah um i definitely do do think um that's something worth exploring i mean the bounty hunter dynamic is one that's always been a favorite of fans 
I like yeah. also to see like how how Dengar got so fucked up. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Where did he get that goddamn from? Yeah. And I think it was in a legend story. He actually got it in a speeder race against Han Solo on Cruel on Corellia as Han Solo like uh, floored his speeder right in front of Dengar's face and pretty much burnt his face. Oh my god. But I think that was a legend story. Oh okay. yeah. Guess so, we'll see. What era should the live action TV show that John Favreau is doing? What should that I come feel like I feel like it should be either in the Galactic Civil War period or in between the Clone Wars and the Galactic Civil War. Like, kind of in, in that in between, like, there's still clones, but yet it's called the Empire. Kinda I feel like that's that. already been covered with Rebels. Yeah. No, no, like, yeah, Rebels is based in the Galactic Civil War, but how about, no, like, it's not. right as... No, it's not. It's right as the clo- beginning. Yeah, it's the, lead, it's the lead up. It's the build up to the Civil War. Are you talking you about, like, immediately after the days of, like, as the Empire begins? Now, yeah, now like, remember, Logan, that clones age at a different rate than what you'd call normal humans. Yes, yes, I know, I know. I meant, like, literally the day, like, it could be the day, like, Empire Day. Like, right as the Empire turns, like, right as the Republic turns to the Empire, that's when the series starts. That's when, like, you see Clone War, like... When you see clones still in the Empire, and the Empire still using Venators and everything, and then you see like cl- the stormtroopers kicking off the uh, clone troopers and Personally, like the changes that are being made. I would like to see a live action like a rebel unit between episode six and seven, like not not a rebel unit, but more of a uh, of a resistance unit. Hmm. Kind of uh, their first how the resistance like this happened the cause like the first order coming up. And you don't I see like Kylo Ren new... per se, but you Seriously. see, uh, but you see the first order starting to rise, and you see the, like, let's say a specific planet, like you did with Lothal, and it's, what is that noise? <laughs> we are having so many technical di- difficulties with Logan and making noise this podcast. Right, it is not me. Yes, I've it is. It is a hundred percent you. Anyway, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it is not me. Makes more noise. Oh fuck. Anyway, I don't know what you're talking about. We can hear it. I literally don't know what you guys you, are It's about. making the noise the, the reason, right now. The reason you – the fact that you can't hear it tells us that you're the one producing the noise. Okay. Well, I don't know how I'm producing noise. Your mic is rubbing up against something. <coughs> Your face. Okay, this is I'll why hold, you don't use an iPod I will mic. hold it up. Perfect. Thank you. Anyway, I feel like it should happen during – well, at, during the, t- the period where between episode six and seven, where it sh- it focuses around a planet's struggle to deal with the first order's uprising and its resistance against this uh, this rising threat, and I feel like that would be a really cool thing is just to show a resistance group fighting the first order and not have to include freaking lightsabers, not to have to include the force powers, <laughs> Kylo Ren, Snoke, any of those things. I mean, it'd be cool to see a projection of them every once in a while, but I don't feel like they necessarily need to be in something like that. But then again, who knows where that's going to lead us because it's John Favreau, you know, and he's, he, he's a good storyteller. I mean, we haven't, he hasn't, he, most of his m- movies that he's made is him rewriting already set material. But I feel if he, uh, gotten the, the chance to take in the reins which he has is i'm sure he's going to produce something that's very beautiful very wonderful and something very enjoyable to watch now i'm gonna be a dead horse here and hope that he renders the story of garth plagueis <laughs> yeah. uh but for real i think it's something worth exploring pre-phantom menace 
we have such little um, canon material to go off of. Although I do think uh, TJ, your 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 views are definitely worth um, going into. I don't think I think because they're producing Resistance, uh, you know, the new Star Wars Resistance TV show. Yeah, that the you know Disney they're not gonna do it. Although I do think whatever he produces needs to have as little force and lightsabers as possible. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. What uh what do, what do we expect from Ryan's new trilogy? I expect not a lot of force users. I expect like <clears throat> I expect like smugglers, bounty hunters, soldiers like from a soldier's point of view they could. I don't like, see them getting rid of uh Jedi force users or any of that stuff because well, of how much they stay in the background but they wouldn't be the main characters. They would just be like characters that I, you I see every once I disagree. In a while. I feel like it wouldn't feel like Star Wars then. Yeah, it will be more of a TV show type thing. And I do think we're reason... going to see some Force users, but but from a different perspective, possibly incorporating more gray Jedi content. Um, I mean, from what we know from Ryan is he's not afraid to kind of give his own interpretation. Um, he does not afraid to follow his gut on what he wants. We saw that with, with his rendering of the character of Luke. So I do think it'll be within the same mechanics and the same universe that we're used to. But I do think it'll be something new. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, what do you, uh, what do you think, Logan? What do you, where, where do you, what do you want to see? You just want to see like a non lightsaber thing, is what you're saying? Well, like I want to see like lightsabers and Jedi and everything, but not as like the main character because all we have in like Star Wars movies, like oh, it's the Jedi, oh, it's the Sith, oh, it's like some random faction that we don't even know. Oh, they use both the light and dark side. I want to see something <clears throat> different. Well, yeah, but I'd like to see, like, something different, you know? Like, it could be in a book, comic, but, like, in the trilogy, I'd like to see, like, something live-action, like, having, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, a bounty hunter or, like, a smuggler, you know, like, people like doing jobs for, like, yeah, like, exactly like the Han Solo movie, but, like, kind of like a trilogy of that. Um, speaking of which, we are only 60 days away from Solo, a Star Wars story set to be released Memorial Day weekend, May 25th. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So exciting stuff, guys. The countdown continues. Yes, definitely. But like, I don't know. I just like to see something other than the Jedi or the Sith. Well, like yes, there could be still there could be still lightsabers. You could still include them, like the black market on Coruscant. We know they were always used down there, as as we saw in the Clone Wars. So, and also would get rid of some mystery that it is like that is like for example like the underground of Coruscant. Every single time they went down there for like missions, we never knew what was going to happen. Like I kind of like that suspense, but it's also kind of like nice to see what is also going out and about around there, like. You know, just being something nice to see. Right, right. I do think that they will incorporate more um, other things that we don't get to see a lot of. I think that's going to be part of his vision. As well as a lot more practicality, um, a lot more puppet use, stuff like that. Yeah. I agree. You know, yeah, and also not using, like, also, like, not making a whole new aliens and crap. I think I like, I'd like to see some old aliens, like, Ethorians or Rodians or anything like that. Did you notice that we don't see the classic Star Wars species in the newer movies? Yeah, I think we actually are getting some classic ones in the solo film. I think I saw a Twi'lek in one of the photos. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Good. Cool. 
So we're going to wrap up the podcast here. But uh, remember to check out dobackdiscussion.net for all your news and everything on Star Wars. Uh, we recently published uh, Logan's fan fiction there, uh, part one of his fan fiction, actually. Uh, yep. Be sure to check up on our YouTube page for uh, videos and uh, subscribe to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for uh, facts of the day and various other things pertaining to the Dubac Discussion Network and podcast. Uh, I would like to thank my co-hosts here. Uh, Logan and Mohammed for joining me on this wonderful Sunday. Uh, Jordan sadly couldn't be with us, as if you couldn't tell by now. He is away on a trip to Las Vegas with his father, so we will uh, be missing him this week. Next week, we'll be missing Logan, but Jordan will return. So at least one of our Padawans will be around. But uh, Return of the Jordan. Yeah, Return of the Jordan. Stay, <laughs> stay tuned for episode, episode 10. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and have a wonderful Sunday, and we'll see you guys later. This is uh, TJ Bowser signing off. This is also Joke the Rogue also signing off. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> Grandmaster signing off. Thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. May the force be with you.